Hello, everybody, and welcome to Navigating the Noise. This is season three in a really special season. We've kind of come together to address the current situation, what's going on with the pandemic, and also to, to think about the future. Uh, as, as always, I'm Brian David Johnson. I'm your host and your futurist. And this broadcast is brought to you by CHPA, the Corporate Housing Providers Association. So I hope everybody is safe. Uh, it's been a really, really interesting time and it proves a, to be probably going to be a really interesting time uh, moving forward. Um, on this broadcast and on season three, we're trying to take on the pandemic head on, uh, really to kind of think about what can we do, what information can we provide, what perspectives can we provide to leadership, and that's really what our goal is here on Navigating the Noise. How do we take all the noise that's out there, and certainly we know there's a lot of noise these days, and give you the information you need, give you outside perspectives from myself as a futurist and from some of our guests, but then as well from people who are taking steps inside of the industry, so if you can hear what's going on. And then finally, at the end, as we always do, we're gonna give you three things to do. Today, we've got so many good guests, there actually might be more than three, but uh, we give you three things to do. So today's show is really, really interesting and, and really a special show because typically on Navigating the Noise, we take the work that I do as a futurist, kind of looking out to the industry and to what's going on and then figuring out what we need to do to prepare. But today, it's a little bit different. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm also your engineer, by the way. I'm gonna bring up Mary Ann Passy, the CEO of CHPA, because we, uh, this, this is coming to you, this show is coming to you for a little bit of a different reason. So let me bring up Mary Ann. Mary Ann, welcome to the Hi. show. Thank you so much. My, my co-host as well is back for a little bit, so I appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about the uh, survey. Sure, thanks BDJ. And I hope everyone's out there is safe as well. So. Um, each month, CHPA is doing a survey of our member companies, and cleaning protocol is included in that survey. So we wanted to share a little bit about the survey results on today's call with you. Ensuring the safety of a unit is paramount to providers, and currently, cleaning is a critical part of this safety. Uh, these efforts are all part of providers' um, duty of care to clients, and it's a standard part. Uh, but what they're doing these days goes beyond standard. Um, to keep guests and uh, staff safe as well. 87% of our members have enhanced and or changed their cleaning protocols. So as a standard service offering, providers are offering uh, creative alternatives, such as dropping off linens and towels and, and other things that our guests will talk about, our panelists will talk about um, today. This is also um, one step to ensure the safety of the permanent residents of the buildings. Uh, it minimizes traffic in and out of buildings. Uh, month over month, so uh, this month is the second month we've, we've done this, and we've seen a 10% increase in extending the gap between guests in a unit. So what that means is members are allowing more time to lapse between the departure of one client and the actual cleaning of the unit before someone else can move in. So it, again, focusing on the safety of both the providers and the staff that are going in to clean it and the, um, the guests themselves. Amazingly, 80% of cleaning vendors and our cleaning partners are still providing their full range of services, but on a modified schedule. So our guest today will tell you a little bit more about that. And I also just wanted to mention that um, our collaborating organization, ISAP, through their quality accreditation program is working on a standard that's coming out of these best practices in response to the pandemic. 
Um, and from these scenarios, uh, they are working with Common Sense Compliance, their partner, uh, to, to, to incorporate this into the overall quality accreditation project, uh, process. So it's one more differentiator to ensure that clients and guests are feeling safe when staying in corporate housing. Thanks for that, Marianne. That's that's really really great. And I, I want to go back to that that survey for a moment. That um, I know that we're going to be sending out these surveys, and we can also use that as a way to find out what else should we talk about. Uh, what what can we what can we talk about? How can we help? Who can we pull in? What information not only about the future but also about today? What can we do to help you kind of get through this and not only survive but thrive? And so today, it's uh, we've kind of nicknamed our show uh, the Down and Dirty Show. Like it's about cleaning. It's about duty of care. It's about those processes and what can we do about it. And we've got a great slate of, of guests that we're going to go through. Um, the first is Dan DeClerico. He's from Home Advisor. And next we have Mark Strumwasser from Sunshine Rentals. And finally, we have Robin Joliet from Reside Worldwide. And we're going to be going to the, them in a, in a moment. But first, we're going to dive into the road ahead. So the road ahead is usually where we look out into the future, but this one is a little bit different with Down and Dirty and kind of thinking about sort of what's going on and what does it mean to have duty of care and what does it mean to make sure that these spaces are safe and secure for the for people and for the residents and for myself you know i was thinking about that and you know from a future this is this is not a future problem this is a problem for today this is a problem for right now and as many of you know i am a professor at arizona state university i also do a lot of work with universities all over the world as well as architecture firms and building firms that are actually building these and doing work with cities as well and i've had some really interesting conversations. i thought i might bring that perspective in where i've talked with people to think about how do we get ready? How do we get ready for the fall semester? What does it mean to have the students come back? And what are the steps that they need to take? And you can begin to see, I think, in a very similar way that many of you are going through, that these um, administrations are kind of think about these cleaning protocols. And not only how do they make sure that the dorms and the, and the rooms are clean, but then how are they shifting their processes and procedures? Just like Marianne just said, we're maybe dropping off linens where that's not a, a, a process procedure that we did in the past. At big universities, you can hear them saying, well, we may not do those big lecture halls, at least for the fall or for the spring. We might shift that to all online, but we do know that the university experience is really all about these students getting together and talking, but it might be a smaller group talking. So they're really even thinking about how to change the work that they do, understanding that there's value, understanding their value as a university, but kind of saying, eh, maybe we don't normally do it this way we should we've always done it this way for 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 decades so for some people centuries but now maybe in in light of the pandemic we should think about kind of adjusting those processes and procedures and that's why i'm really interested to hear the perspective of the folks today and a second thing that i thought was really interesting is it really of course isn't just about the students it's not just about the students feeling comfortable about coming back and making sure that they're safe it's about their families it's about their network as well. And I think that also has a lot to do with CHPA and a lot of the work that you do. It really isn't just about the person who's gonna be in the unit. It's about the company. It's about the organization. It's about their family, the traveler and that family's traveler, because we know, and I think many of us have seen this, that we are our family networks, our social networks, that we're very much tied to them. And there's the stressors. I think many of us, as we are disconnected because we're sheltering in place and can't connect with our families, that causes an incredible amount of stress. And so 
those connections are really, really important. So then if we now have somebody who is going, who is traveling, who is going into one of these units or one of these dorms, we have to understand it not only affects that person and their company, but it also affects that family as well. And so I always thought, I thought that was a kind of an interesting perspective as we're kind of thinking about, all right, well, what does it mean to rethink your processes and procedures, not just for cleaning, but just how you do things. And this kind of got me thinking about who can I bring in from an outside perspective, who, who may not be directly in the industry, but might be adjacent. And I thought about Dan, Dan's from Home Advisor. And so Dan's been doing some interesting work and in speaking on with some interesting ideas. And again, Home Advisor is, is really more in the residential space. So I kind of wanted to go to Dan and say, Dan, as, as you're kind of thinking through this landscape, what are the things that you and, the, and, the, and that Home Advisor are, are thinking about? Yeah, I mean, obviously this is a, an incredibly uncertain time. So it's, it's hard to say exactly, um, you know, how the future is gonna play out here. Um, but, you know, it, I guess if there's a silver lining in all this, it's really, forcing a very rapid adoption and embrace of new technologies, which in the home services space has, you know, has been a, a little bit slow to happen. So Home Advisor, just to level set very quickly, we're a leader in the home services marketplace. Our whole business is connecting homeowners with home service professionals, electricians, uh, contractors, certainly house cleaners as well. So much of that uh, activity traditionally has been word of mouth. You know, we only we, we know that only about 10 to 15 percent um, of these transactions are happening online. You know, obviously, our whole sort of reason for being is to, is to try to change that. Um, and, you know, I won't say it's it's an, it's been an uphill battle, but, um, you know, these sort of traditional word of mouth practices are so entrenched that, you know, that's just how people are used to doing things. Um, the pandemic is really, you know, forcing a real sea change there because obviously people want to be as, as low contact as possible, um, both interacting with, with professionals, but then, then bringing them into the home. So, uh, you know, I guess to answer the question, um, a lot of practices and protocols that have, that have been adopted, I think are going to continue far into the future because they bring so much efficiency, so much convenience, and yeah, so much, so much safety to the process. So just one example of video messaging, what, you know, what we're doing right now, um, we sit, surveyed our members, about a thousand of them, and heard that more than 40% are doing much more video messaging on those initial calls with homeowners, where they used to show up at the front door uh, you know, and, and, and walk into the home to talk about the project. All of that kind of activity, activity is now happening online. You know, again, because of the pandemic, because it's a necessity now, but moving forward, it's going to provide a great convenience. So we are, you know, just to, just to, you know, reiterate, we're seeing a real rapid embrace of this technology, which is a very good thing for the industry. You know, I hate to uh, talk about upsides to a pandemic, but it is one good thing moving forward that may come out of this. That is great, Dan. I think that that's really, I, I think, helpful. Um, you know, in this area, and, and believe us, in, in, in on navigating the noise, we are always trying to find the optimistic side of things to find out how we can go through and do it. But that's really interesting to kind of to say that people are using technology and bringing technology in because they don't they want to have sort of contactless and they just can't get together. But then that it's a really interesting perspective to say, okay, maybe some of the processes and procedures that we're going through today would then be adopted for tomorrow because they're so much more efficient and we're learning from it. That's a, 
I think that's a good, that's a good maybe three thing to do is kind of to assess as we're going through over the next few months as we're kind of rolling this out to uh, be able to go and, um, and figure out how, how is it making things better? How, how could it make things more, um, more effective? I think that's really great. So now let's move to the, to the next section. Um, which is, so that's kind of the, the road ahead and, and, and Dan did a great job being able to kind of think about how do we take what's going on and think about what it might, uh, how it might affect us in the future. Um, now let's go to what matters. So in what, the ma what matters section is where we bring together uh, people in the industry who are doing work and who are living this on, you know, on the front lines. Um, and so we're going to start with Robin. So Robin, I want to pass it to you. And, and Robin's called in to us today. Robin, I, I want to pass it to you. So when it comes to kind of the responsibility of duty of care, um, how have you changed your processes and procedures? What have you done um, to be able to kind of, um, kind of adjust to this? Sure. Thanks. Um, glad to be here today and, and talk about a, a topic that's definitely important and we've been focusing on um, as a very high priority within our organization. Cleaning has always been, you know, a very uh, specific topic in our industry and something that matters um, and is very important um, as we deal with our guests and create an environment that's comfortable for them. But in this pandemic situation, um, it's become even more important, um, as you've mentioned, to really um, have that duty of care. So as an organization, um, we've really focused on our product alignment, really taking a look at how and what products we were using, um, making sure that they were the industrial grade EPA approved, um, and really taking a step back at not only looking at those chemicals, but looking at the training of the use of those chemicals, um, making sure that as the CDC was actually updating um, and providing more information out to the public, we were aligning um, with those lists and we were being very cautious um, and aware of what was coming out as new information was being released so that we were staying up, up to par and actually going above and beyond. Um, we've embraced our supplier with our chemicals and they've been very instrumental and including in doing new training videos. So I think when we talk about technology, making sure that our uh, employees have videos on the usage of those chemicals, um, as well as you know, additional resources so that when they're actually providing those cleans, we've uh, built in cards uh, specific to those chemicals to really give them guidance and more specific directions um, so that if they're cleaning uh, a new surface or a new apartment, um, they're considering the chemical they're using for a hard surface versus porous, non-porous, and they're really aligning each chemical properly. Um, as well, we've put an emphasis back on our um, PPE and uh, re-evaluated what we were providing to make sure that we were minimizing risk for our employees and our guests so that when we are out there cleaning the apartments, we have the appropriate gear. We've um, addressed the training and ensured that all of our employees have gone through um, an updated training on all PPE usage um, so that they're completely following steps. We've updated protocols to think about from the time they are in our office or in our vehicles, how they're working on the cleanliness from in our own vehicles to the time they leave our vehicles to actually entering into an apartment that may be vacant, that they're preparing for the next guest. 
Um, we also looked at specialized equipment and really took a stance on investing in how we were going to approach the clean. So um, broadening how and what we were using for the clean um, to ensure that uh, we were really looking at the clean, sanitized, disinfecting process. Um, and by following those guidelines and adding additional equipment um, as far as you know, color, co uh, color coded um, cloth, so that we were not having any cross contamination. Um, we also spent a lot of time uh, working and researching and then investing in the um, electric uh, sprayers so that we would have the ability to uh, work with those chemicals that would distribute the electric charge for the disinfectants to help with the way that we were distributing the disinfectants, allowing us to have a much broader um, way of disseminating the disinfectant and really ensuring that that was taken care of and that we were hitting um, all of the components that needed. And then focusing really on the high touch areas, you know, broadening our scope. While prior to this pandemic, we had a very regimen process on how we were cleaning our apartments to prepare, whether that be with an occupied or an unoccupied um, apartment, we really actually dug a little deeper and we increased um, our cleaning processes and added about 51 additional high touch um, steps and cleaning um, areas to our cleaning process and then worked on a training with our employees they had this new engaged process that we're focusing more on those high touch areas um, that maybe historically we hadn't really thought about. An example would be keys. Prior to the pandemic, when you talk about uh, an arrival process or someone moving into our apartment, the actual sanitation or disinfecting of a key that someone may use to enter the apartment really wasn't something that we considered or thought of. Now, prior to anyone arriving or entering into an apartment, we are actually sanitizing and disinfecting the keys um, and the doorknobs and the locks so that when they're actually entering that apartment, we know that that's all been taken care of and they have a sanitized entry prior to even going into a cleaned um, apartment when they move in with us. So that's really kind of been where we focused in thinking about a broader way of all of those things that people may have not thought about that we um, always were a part of the process, but maybe not um, as isolated as it is today. Um, and that's been something that our employees have enjoyed really thinking about and, and being included in, um, as well as creating that sense of um, security and and that peace of mind that all of those areas are being considered. Um, they've also appreciated just having the documentation so that as they're out there and going through this each and every day, there's very solid structure to make sure that they feel confident that they're hitting all of those areas to deliver. Um, from a duty of care, you know, it's important to us that not only is this something that we're doing in our own markets and with our own teams, but that we're also creating these materials and we're sharing that across our supply chain. So we've worked um, with our partners and with our suppliers so that they are emulating those same processes and those same formats and materials 
and support um, so that we can have duty of care across our supply chain so that our customers know that as they're staying in one of our physical apartments or if they're booking with us and they're staying in one of our partner apartments, they're getting that same level of uh, clean, sanitized, disinfected apartment that can create that level of comfort and safety and just a feeling of they know they're receiving that same level of service. So that's kind of where we've been focusing on creating the foundation broadening how the way we've looked at it and then making sure that we're able to have that across um, our entire distribution. Thank you for that, Robin. Yeah, I think a couple of things that you said that really struck me. Um, really, it's fascinating just, I think with many of the, the, the steps that you're taking, it's just that, that attention to detail, you know, that really, really getting down to the detail and thinking about every single step of the process. And I think paying attention to those details in ways that maybe in the past week we hadn't paid attention to them. And then a thing that I'm always a big, big fan of is, as you said, it's training, right? Once you've paid attention to the details and once you have the products, again, knowing how to use them and making sure that employees and staff and people know how to use them, I think is really important. And, and quite honestly, I think for the guests themselves or for the people who will be there or for the clients, even knowing that you are paying attention to that detail, that you are taking those steps, but then also that you're doing that training, I think would, would give some really nice assurance to, um, to your, your customers and your clients. Well, I think having the documentation for clients helps as well, knowing and seeing, because we have been receiving requests where people just want to see what you've been working on and be able to and being able to easily provide material um, that clearly outlines and articulates all of those steps um, and gives them a, a comfort that it is documented and it is a resource that either they can share and or that you have also um, helps I think customers really understand what what you're doing um, to create that peace of mind. Yeah, that's that's a really really good point. So now, Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it over to you. It's kind of same question, right? You've you've heard um, what 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 Robin and the folks over at Reside Worldwide are doing. So for you, um, as you're kind of thinking of duty of care and thinking about sort of this this changed environment, what sort of things are uh, are you doing over at uh, Sunshine Rentals? Well, thanks for having me, and uh, I think Robin did a great overview of everything. I completely agree. We've done a lot of the same things. I'm going to peel back the onion because I'm an anal guy. I like to get into more of the details on things. Um, so we actually went as far as like a face mask. I'm going to do a little show and tell. Is that okay? So here's two face masks, right? So which is the right one? We went to that level. And you know what we answered? I'm going to take it simple. The one they would wear because the one they wear is the one that works the best. So we have two options. Might have to have a little American flag on it. But anyways, you know, face masks. Robin mentioned, you know, PPE gloves, obviously got some of that. She mentioned the colored cloths. So those are microfiber cloths. We ensure our staff uses, we have three colors um, of those. But what's the point of all this, right? At the end of the day, we want to give that guest this emotional feeling when they walk through the door that the place is clean, right? Cleaning is, is very tactical, right? It's got to smell fresh. You can't see a virus, so it's an emotional thing. Does it look clean? But we can't see it, right? So I want it with my staff, we've been doing this 17 years and we've developed our own videos over the years. We work with Ecolag exclusively on all of our cleaning products. And as soon as this came out, I said, we need to peel back the onion. We need to go and check every product we're using. Does it do what we think it does? And is it doing what we need it to do going forward? And I'd like to share a little example of that. Um, at the beginning, a lot of my staff said, Mark, we need to go to Clorox wipes showing that. 
And I said, well, why do you think that? Because they heard the word Clorox, right? They heard Clorox in the news, put some Clorox in some water, put some bleach in some water. And I read the directions and it says it takes four minutes of wet contact time for that wipe to actually kill a virus. Now, I don't know how many people watch someone just wipe a door handle and walk away, but here in California, that's not gonna stay wet for four minutes. So it's not really doing what we want it to do. So we looked at our disinfectant product from Ecolab. It's a peroxide product. And honestly, we had it at a medium concentration, which for years worked really well for us. But to get that wet time, that soak time, that maximum efficiency, so it would actually cure, uh, kill a neurovirus. So there's a difference. Let me take a step back. I learned there's sanitizing and there's disinfectant. And what's the difference? Sanitizing kills some of the germs, right? That's something like our uh, degreaser that we use. It, it sanitizes, right? This stuff kills, but it only kills if we get that maximum concentration, in this case, six ounces to a gallon. Do you really need to know that? No, but in the 45 seconds of a wet contact time, it's gonna kill everything. So we changed our dosage. We checked all of our metering. We've always checked it every week, but we never actually thought about, are we doing the right dosage? You know, right, we have the right product, but are we using it at the right strength? And then, uh, so that was an internal thing. Now with us, we have 17 housekeepers. I had our housekeeping manager do FaceTime with each housekeeper and walk through the use changes. We already had videos, but how do you get them to change behavior? Everyone's used to spraying it and wiping it. Well, we needed them to spray it and let it sit. They're not used to that. They're used to that with an oven. They're used to that in other places. So it was those little I'll call them tactical details that I think make the world of difference. So when that guest walks in, not only do they emotionally feel the unit's clean, but we have the peace of mind of knowing it is clean because they can't really tell, right? So I don't want it to be a marketing thing. I actually want to know it's clean. I want to go to sleep at night. My mom told me failure is not an option. So I don't want to ever get that phone call. A guest move in, moved in, never left the unit, and two weeks later they got coronavirus. Is that means we failed, right? I don't want to be in that scenario. So we really looked into that and uh, we've added some things. This is a little foam, I'll try to get it in the frame there, uh, foam pump sprayer. And this is for our bathroom uh, cleaner. And what we found is with a foam sprayer, and, and Ecolab was very helpful on this, that adding some air to the product allows it to cling to that wall longer. It's pressurized, so it allows it to penetrate further and it's practical, it's something a housekeeper actually carry around uh, apartment to apartment and apply and it's easy to use. So that's really how we went through everything was try to look at each area of the apartment, of course your high touch areas and all the areas we've always cleaned. And at the end of the day, we want them to look clean and we also want them to be disinfected. So that was the big battle, right? Because sometimes when you disinfect something, it can leave a foggy surface. It can leave little spots, which goes back to my emotional thing, right? So if you look at the glass table and you see some little spots, it's been disinfected, but it doesn't look clean. So we wanna make sure we're doing both. We want it to look clean, we want it to smell clean, and we want it to actually be clean and disinfected. So um, trying to make that point, because that's really where we've spent our time is going through people. And we've tried to take it, like I said, with our housekeepers, one-on-one. -on -one. And every time there's a slight adjustment, it's, it's, it's a day for our housekeeping manager. And she arranges a time when our housekeeper's in one of the apartments and she'll FaceTime with them and walk them through it. And they are set their phone on the thing so she can see them using it. 
And that's been our method with social distancing. In the past, we'd all do a group meeting, right? We'd put them all in a room, we'd all demonstrate and walk room to room. We can't do that now, or we aren't supposed to do that now, right? So we're trying to use technology and at the same time um, create process and procedure that's highly repeatable for a very consistent result. So I guess at the end of the day, that's really where we spent our time and focus. And um, honestly, uh, I, uh, taking ownership throughout our company. So we do our, our laundry in-house, something that uh, you know, wasn't really talked about, but that is part of the cleaning process, right? If somebody's in an apartment and we're cleaning uh, their sheets and towels, we exchange them every um, time we're servicing it, every week or every other week. And guests really like that. It's a hotel-like experience. So we checked our laundry system. Good news, hey, we were beyond what we were supposed to be doing with our disinfecting, our water temperature, our dryer temperature. Same thing with our dishwasher. Is the sanitizer at the right level? You can have the devices, but if you're not maintaining them, checking them, and staying on top of what your levels are, are they really doing what you need them to do? So I think uh, for us, the eye-opener uh, wasn't that we didn't have the right processes. For example, Robin mentioned keys and lockboxes. That's something we've always done a clean on. I'm not saying, hey, good for us. We've done it because we get them dirty. Uh, you know, our folks wear gloves and they're transfer something to them. So it's just been something a few years back that we said, hey, we just need to wipe these things down before we uh, put them out so they look clean. Um, but to Robin's point, what are we wiping them down with, right? Is it a disinfectant? Is it a sanitizer? Or are we, or are we just making it look clean? So I think that's really at the end of the day to, to think through the, the visual part, the emotional part, and the factual part of am I using the right thing? That's great. Thank you so much, Mark. I think, you know, we, uh, I can tell you, we love, uh, we, we love a good show and tell here uh, <laughs> on Navigating the Noise. Uh, so that's the, the, the What Matters section of the podcast. But thank you. Thank you both, Robin and Mark, for that. I think that detail and Mark, what you, what you got into, I mean, kind of those specifics, you know, especially when you're trying to deal with this, not only the specifics of sort of cleaning and sanitizing, as you said, but then also the, the impact that, it, that it's having. So uh, we're going to go into the last section of the uh, broadcast, which is uh, three things to do. Right? This is where taking all of this, this sort of down and dirty subject and kind of thinking about what's going on when it comes to duty of care, when it comes to cleaning uh, during this pandemic and, and beyond. Uh, what are things that you can do? What are things that you can do today? I mean, the, I think we've got some great um, examples that uh, both Mark and Robin talked about, things that you could do today. But then even what we heard from Dan, there's some, some things not only to look at what you're doing today, but it will help you think about tomorrow. So also as your engineer now, I'm going to take us to gallery view because I'm going to open it up to everybody to see if, uh, and I've, I've given them fair warning that, uh, that I was going to do this. Um, I'm going to say, does, uh, does anybody have any three things to do? Again, we might have more than three things to do. I certainly can steal from all of you, but I might uh, actually uh, just open it up. Does anybody have uh, Marianne, Dan, Robin, Mark, any if you, what would be a specific thing that, that people could start doing today to start dealing with it, to start dealing with the pandemic, or to start doing today to part, start preparing for what comes after the pandemic? Anybody? I'll jump in. I, I think the most important thing is to uh, check that you're using the right product in the right way. And it's not hard, but actually read the directions. I know that sounds silly, but just read those darn directions. Males, we hate reading directions. It's like Ikea stuff. I always have extra screws. Well, with cleaning, it's the same idea. You've got to follow those directions and make sure your team understands what they need to do. So right. communication and reading the directions. So thing mm -hmm. number one, thing to do, 
read the directions. <laughs> I think that's the, read the directions and make sure you're using it right. And we're gonna, by the way, we're gonna make sure to post a link to the, the sort of uses of the instructions that Dan mentioned about Lysol, just so can everybody see it. I thought that was a really kind of fascinating example of what we all thought just from a branding standpoint, because we all know we all grew up with Lysol and Clorox and all that. But sure, this is what they say. Wow, let's make sure we're reading the directions. All right, so that, that's Mark's. Anybody else got one? I've got one. Um, okay. Let's go with Marianne and then, and then okay. Robert will go to you. So let's start with Marianne. All right, great. Um, I was gonna suggest uh, looking at what you're doing at both Robin and Mark mentioned it, Dan as well. Um, for duty of care, looking at it from the person staying in the unit's uh, perspective. So, you know, our, our members already do that as a matter of course, but in looking at um, some of the information, how we're coming out of the pandemic, for meetings, for conferences, it, 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 for travel. You know, it's talking about, and Mark touched on this too, that emotional sense of fear. You know, we, everyone's gonna need to get over their fearing, fear of travel or their fear of um, staying somewhere new where they haven't been sheltering in place. Um, so uh, how, do, how do you deal with that? So looking at whatever you're doing or your actual um, units uh, from the person that's gonna be staying in it from their perspective. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. And Robin, what, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I think what you can do is start thinking about sustainability. I think it's mm -hmm. very easy to react in the moment. And I think we, I think everyone out there is probably thinking about the now and are doing things now, but I think now is the time to also start thinking about how can you, we ensure that this and what you're doing today is sustainable for the long term when people are starting to return to, to work, when all mm -hmm. of your employees are back, when your business is in full force and your occupancies start to rise and you have more people moving in and you're turning apartments more than you are today because that's what's going to be critical is that all of the items that you've thought about or the changes that you made are sustainable so that these practices can become a part of your organization and your culture and you're able to sustain what you built um, to make sure that for the future we can continue to stay on top of it and deliver that service. That's great, Robin, and it's it's really good because it actually also makes us think about tomorrow, not only what we're mm -hmm. doing today. And I think that's a that's a, a a real opportunity that we have in front of us with this pandemic is to understand that a lot of things have collapsed, a lot of supply chains have broken down, a lot of the way that we do business is broken down, and certainly what where we are right now is not our new normal. Um, I can tell you that we we will come back, but how we come back and what we come back mm -hmm. to is up to us to a certain extent, we can start thinking about that. There's certain things we need to do for duty of care and for health and certainly to make sure that, that we can get back to business. But as businesses and leaders of your business, you get to decide how we wanna come back. And I, I really wanna echo what Robin was saying. And I've been talking with a lot of business people about this that, you know, let's think about sustainability. Let's think about inclusion. Let's think about making sure that we're involving people who maybe we didn't involve before. So I think that was great. Now, Dan, I'm gonna put you on the spot because you already gave us a great one um, around kind of learning, kind of like what, uh, kind of like what, what uh, Robin was saying around sort of as we come back, I think you made a great point to say, you know, there's things that you might be doing that you hadn't done it this way before, but now when we come back, you might want to keep doing it because you found any efficiencies. Any, any other thoughts that you might have for us? Yeah, no. So I talked about the digitalization of, of home services. You know, it used to be about the, the firm handshake, the clean shirt, the clean truck. Now it's just as important to be you know, savvy on these Zoom calls or have that very robust um, online presence. 
also a real embrace of a more on-demand model. <clears throat> this is something, um, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, you don't hail the taxi, you, you, you know, you, you call the Uber, the point I was making earlier. I actually have a visual, I only just thought of this. I don't know if I can do a screen share or if that's too clunky for the presentation. But Why, I can why don't you do this, Dan? Let me, let, let, let's do this. T tell us about it and then you can send us the visual and we'll make sure to post it on the website and we, so everybody can go and take a look at it. Perfect, perfect. So yeah, as, as other, you know, service sectors have, you know, have already done, that's, this is the experience that we're starting to deliver uh, with home services. So, you know, a user can come to HomeAdvisor or Handy or Angie's List, some of our other partners, and just tap in some information and, you know, instantly book that project. Um, and even with upfront pricing, which removes a real pain point for the consumer, not knowing how much a certain project is going to mm -hmm. cost. So the on-demand and the upfront pricing, those are, those are uh, you know, two factors that, you know, in addition to the larger digitalization that I was talking about earlier, that people really need to get comfortable with and make sure that they have the, the, you know, the tech competencies built into their business so that they're able to take advantage of this really rapidly changing landscape. That's really helpful, Dad, and I think you, you, you make also a great point to pull out a little bit as we start to wrap up here, is that, and also to start to get comfortable with things that you maybe weren't comfortable with in the past, that this pandemic is forcing us to do things for, for safety and for duty of care that we maybe, maybe didn't normally do, and you're going to have to get comfortable with it because there's some things we're just going to have to do. But then also, as you said, you can kind of learn from that. So, so wow, thanks everybody. See, I told everybody this is gonna be a great, uh, a great show. You not only got three things, you got four things to do on this one. All right, so I am going to take us back to speaker view and uh, wrap us up here for the end of the show. So, first off, I want, to, uh, I want to thank my guests. So, Dan, Robin, Mark, thank you so much for coming. Really, really appreciate you coming on. And also, we're, we're rushing real fast, as you can imagine, on Navigating the Noise to make sure that we're getting this information out to you as quick as possible, really trying to find people. Dan was really good. I, I reached out to Dan, and I know that the work he's doing over at Home Advisor is really interesting, and it was from a different area, and he thought I was a little nuts for having him come on, but I really appreciate <laughs> him kind of coming on, because I think the work that they're doing could provide us here at CHPA membership some, some interesting perspectives. And Certainly for Robin and Mark, the level of detail, the level that you've all given us, I think is, is really, really helpful. And then Marianne, my co-host, of course, it's always wonderful to have you on. So, so thank you so much. So everybody, again, I want to remind you to be safe. Um, if you have any other questions, you know, you can always reach out. Um, if you have any other issues that you'd like us to track down for you, again, they don't just have to be future issues like we normally do on Navigating the Noise, just like this one. You know, when we, when we saw that survey that Marianne mentioned, we were like, we've, we've got to do something. Let's, let's figure out who we can get on just so we can help. Um, so please, please answer that survey. Please reach out to us and we'll uh, make sure that we know not only get through this, but we thrive on the other side of it. So I want to thank you everybody for listening to Navigating the Noise brought to you by CHPA, the Corporate Housing Providers Association. Please reach out to us and let us know what you think. Again, let us know those questions. We really want to hear about it. You can email us at info at chpaonline.org. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at chpaonline or visit the website where we'll be posting Dan's visual and Mark's visual and you'll see links to everything from what um, all the guests are doing, uh, what their organizations are doing. And that's of course at chpaonline.org. So again, thank you so much for joining us here on Navigating the Noise and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, uh, uh.